Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. Today we wrap up our series, Hashtag Struggles, and we're talking about how to live life, uh, how to live and follow Jesus in a selfie-centered culture. Today I want to talk about how do we find rest for our souls, as so many of us are tethered to, to these devices that we carry around with us everywhere we go. How do we find rest for our souls How do we find spiritual rest for our souls? To begin with today, I want to start with a very important message from the lines of the classic movie. Now, if you're an older person, this is going to mean nothing to you, but if you're younger, when I tell you about this classic movie I'm going to quote, you're going to put your hands together and say, yes. The classic movie, Napoleon Dynamite. Kip, at the end of the movie, is singing to his uh, bride, La Fonda, and uh, his, he calls her his soulmate, and this is what Kip sings to LaFonda. We met in a chat room. Now our love can fully bloom. Sure, the world wide web is great, but you, you make me salivate. <laughs> yes, I love technology, but not as much as you, you see, but I still love technology always. <laughs> And forever. Now, I'm not in love with LaFonda and I'm not singing to LaFonda, but there's parts of that song that I can kind of get on board with, especially the part where he talks about I love technology, because I do too. I, I am amazed at what can be done these days with electronics and computers and phones and tablets and fax machines and email and, and email attachments and all those kind of things. And through those devices, I'm able to watch and listen to some of the best Bible teachers on the planet. I get a chance to hear great preaching, great Bible teaching. I'm able to get my phone out and read my Bible if that's something I want to do. I'm able to follow, you know, leaders and read articles written by those leaders and expand my mind and learn about the church and about Christ. I can listen to music anywhere, really, that I go, um, I've got, you know, Kindle on a tablet, Kindle on my phone. You can read books wherever you go. It's really pretty cool. I love technology. At the same time, it's kind of a love-hate relationship. I love technology for all of the obvious reasons, but I hate the fact that I, at times, can become a slave to it. I think maybe you understand some of that. I don't like how I can fall into patterns where it owns me. In, in my own life. And so you need to know that as I talk about this today, I, I always am preaching to me before I preach to you. I've got a lot of stuff to figure out, and um, there's, no, there's no accountability like preaching accountability, where you get up in front of a group of people and say it out loud, and then they watch you to see if you're doing it. So I will readily admit to you that some of the stuff I'm talking about today is an issue for me as well. Kerry New, Newhoff is a a pastor in Canada that we read, follow a lot of his stuff, and, and he's a prolific writer and bloggist. He's in the, got his own blog. And he said, like money, social media is a great servant, but a terrible master. Now that speaks to me. Social media is a great servant, but social media is a horrible master. First uh, Corinthians chapter 6, Paul is talking to the Corinthians and the, the Corinthians, I mean, you think your culture is messed up. You, you should spend a little time learning about the Corinthians and everything they had going on. They were into all kinds of perverted stuff, sinful actions. And he's explaining to them the freedom that we have in Christ. And he's saying that just because we can do certain things doesn't mean that we should do them. 
And he says this in 1 Corinthians 6, I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. I have the right to do some things, but I will not be mastered by anything. Christ in me should be bigger than anything else in my life. I don't want to be mastered by an addiction to food. I don't want to be mastered by, you know, my eyes being drawn to something that they're not supposed to see. I don't want to be mastered by this. But if I'm honest, I would have to say that there have been times where I have been mastered by this, and I have to catch myself. And, and I would, you know, I would say, you know, that, that at different times that becomes an issue for me like it might be for you. What we're talking about today is a serious issue for a lot of us, but for some of you in the room this morning, you would hear this message and you'd think, well, I don't, you know, that's not really a struggle for me. I don't have any trouble. Well, then this sermon really isn't for you. You don't have any trouble being away from your phone or putting it down or leaving it behind. And if that describes you, this is going to be an easy sermon for you. You get to just kick back and relax. And every once in a while, you can kind of bend over and look down the aisle at somebody else and say, he's talking to you. You know, that, that you might know somebody, be in the aisle with somebody that, that needs to hear what we're going to talk about. So your job today is just kind of back me up. So, uh, but for some of us, this is a really serious issue where we want to say, I will not be mastered by anything. But if we're totally honest, when it comes to these phones, a lot of times we are. So that's what we're going to talk about. So many people get mastered, drawn to, addicted to, compulsively checking their phone. The default mode when you have nothing to do is to reach over, pull out your phone, and just start scrolling down through. In fact, for fun today, I thought it would be fun to take to give you the top seven ways to know that you may be addicted to social media. Okay? You say, Brett, really? There's, there's seven? Well, I'm sure that, that probably the reason there's seven is because it's all they could figure out. But, um, but we'll be spiritual and we'll say, you know, seven is the biblical number and so that's why. So, so number seven, you know, the, the ways that you know that you're addicted to social media. Number seven, you plan throwback Thursdays weeks in advance, right? So if you, if you see that TBT and you're like, what in the world is that? There are people on social media that throwback Thursday is when you put pictures up from like in the past, like your your high school days or it's you're making fun of somebody or something but you do a throwback thursday and if you plan yours weeks in advance you may have an issue number six your cat has its own instagram page you may have a social media problem if your cat has its own instagram page number five you look forward to the bathroom so you can get to level seven of your favorite game you know, if you're going to the bathroom and your legs are falling asleep while you're in there, we need to have some counseling for you because um, that's an issue. Number four, you know social media is a problem for you if you change your Facebook profile more than a 12-year-old girl. Then we need to have a talk because that's something going on with you. Number three, you sleep with your phone as if it was a teddy bear. Number two, you say sorry, not sorry in real life. And mean it. And the number one way that you might need to recognize that you're addicted to social media, you come on to your spouse using hashtag, are you in the mood? Um, do not do that. She may respond, hashtag, I have a headache. So that wouldn't be good. You might be addicted to social media if a lot of the time you find yourself looking at your phone rather than talking to the people that you're in the same room with. 
You know, if you notice that you're in a room with somebody and it's gone quiet and everybody's scrolling through their phones, something's gone wrong somewhere and you may have a problem. If it dings and you can't help but look at it, you may have a problem. In fact, there's a new phobia doctors are dealing with now. This is a real thing. This is, I'm not making this up. There's something called nomophobia. Nomophobia. It is people that have a fear of not being connected to their mobile device. And they think to themselves, you know, I, 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 that, I, can't, I can't go through that. I can't have that. Um, in fact, studies show that about 66% of people have extreme anxiety if they lose connection if their batteries fail, or if their phone is not with them. We're told that that jumps up to 76% for people between the ages of 18 and 24. So over three and four have a massive fear of not being connected online. Now when you hear that and you think, well, that's just crazy. I mean, who would have that kind of anxiety when their device isn't with them? Well, I would. Um, I think I've told you this story, but I'm going to tell it again because it's really good. Um, a little over a year ago, I was planning to go on a, me and a couple of the guys from the staff were going to go camping. And so we were supposed to leave at noon and I didn't want to be that guy. Okay. I didn't want to be the one that everybody's waiting on, uh, to, at the last minute to get all their stuff together. So I get up at the crack of dawn and I'm getting stuff ready and, um, way before Didi's going to get up and, and I'm out in the shed getting stuff ready and kind of marshalling all my stuff and, um, I've eaten breakfast, I've, I've been on my cell phone looking at the weather and, you know, Twitter and uh, checking my emails, some things like that. So I had my phone in my hand, and then I got busy, went outside and started packing and moving stuff around, and, and uh, it's not working, John. It's just not working. Uh, but, and so Dee Dee was going to go to work. Dee Dee gets up, gets herself ready for work, she's getting ready to leave, she, she um, reaches down and grabs the phone off the kitchen table, and, and she's getting ready to walk out with what she thought was her phone, and uh, I'm outside working. She comes out, gives me a kiss goodbye, and tells me to have a good time, and then she leaves. And I keep working, and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm get, trying to get ready for noon. So I start wondering what time it is about halfway through the morning, and I was just going to take my phone and hit the button and let it show me what time it was and then keep working. Well, couldn't find my phone. So now I do that thing. You know what I started to do. I'm like, well, where's my phone? So I take time out of what is really important to get ready on this camping trip, and I'm now looking all over the house for the phone. It's not there anywhere. I'm turning the house upside down, trying to find my phone. I can't find it. I've looked and looked for over an hour. I cannot find it. Now I'm getting worked up, okay? Now I'm starting to get angry, and, and uh, I'm not happy. I can't find it. Um, so I get my laptop out. And I have this software on my laptop that is connected to my phone so that it helps me in the event that I lose my phone, I can find it by getting on the laptop and going to this certain website. So I did that, I opened the software, and I see online, it tells me that my phone is traveling down Interstate 70 in Indianapolis. And I'm thinking, that's impossible. I mean, that is, that's physically impossible. I had it in my hand an hour ago. I had it in my hand. How in the world is my phone? And it's, it's like in front of Lucas Oil Stadium, right? Now, keep in mind, I've looked for over an hour. I, my blood pressure's up. I, I'm spending time on my laptop now trying to track my phone down. The noon deadline is, is 
approaching, and I am not a happy man. So I, my, phone's, my, my laptop is out, so I send Dee Dee an email to tell her that I, I don't have my phone. So, you know, if you don't hear from me in the next three or four days, it's because I can't find my phone. And um, she isn't answering my email, which is frustrating me because she's supposed to be at work and supposed to be right there and answer my email when I send it, you know. And my blood pressure is just going up and up and up. Well, this software has a feature that enables me to hit a button, and even when my phone is on vibrate, it, it screams. It'll make my phone, makes this hideous, obnoxious noise. You're going to find it if it goes off. So I'm thinking, I don't know how my phone is, is traveling down Interstate 70, because I can see it on the map. It's moving. I mean, it's just moving. And I'm thinking, there's no way, there's no way, I mean, unless somebody walked in, took it, and sped to Indianapolis, how is this possible? So I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to wake this joker up, whoever this guy is. I'm about to let him know I'm not happy, because it's got that button on my laptop. So, So I'm about to scare the dickens out of this guy. Sure enough, I make my phone scream. I'm sure you've guessed by now what has happened. Dee Dee has grabbed my phone on the way out. I didn't realize it, but she had to work. She had a a meeting in Indy that morning. I didn't realize that. I thought she was going to go to work in in Terre Haute. So it's not even dawned on me that that she's the one that has my phone. And uh, so, um, you know, my phone's black, her phone's black. It's not her fault. She just thought she was grabbing, her phone was in her purse. And so, she sees that phone. She thinks, oh, that's my phone. She picks it up and grabs it. So when I activated my phone and I make it scream, I scare her to death. You know, she's driving down Highway 70 and the phone goes off and she's like, oh my goodness. Long story short, she gets a hold of Ryan and lets him know that she has my phone. We figure, we're going to go through Indy anyway on the way on our camping trip. So we met up in Indy and I got my phone back. And, and, but the point is, I was going crazy without my cell phone. I, I, I got really anxious. I was freaking out. How can I run the world without my cell phone, right? Um, I had all this anxiety going on because I couldn't lay hands on my phone. So for about three or four hours, it's, it was bad. And, I, and then you start to get disheartened at the fact that that's where you go to. You know, that that's kind of how it is for you, that you, get, you can get that anxious and that worked up about things and and that it was able to do that to me now before I leave this story I just got to give you one last caveat which I just think is really funny here's the funny part of the story when Dee Dee realized that she had my phone (laughs) she texted me on her phone to let me know that I she had my phone (laughs) that's great yeah you know how you do that you forget oh yeah that's not yeah I'm in big trouble right now, but it was worth it for the laugh. So, okay, so 58% of people don't, don't go one waking hour without checking their phone. 58%. 59% of people check email as soon as it comes in, and 89% check their email daily when they're on vacation. 80% of teenagers sleep with their phones. And if I just described you, you need help, you need counseling, you need Jesus. Um, Someone needs to take your phone away at night so that you can get eight hours of sleep. 84% of the people believe that they couldn't go one day without their phones. Nomophobia. I'm just curious. 
How many of you would, would be honest? Don't lie in church now. Don't do that. How many of you, one of the last things you do in your day <clears throat> is check the phone? How many of you do that? Let me see. Yeah, it's, it's pretty common. And one of the first things you do in the morning when you grab your phone, when you wake up, you check the phone, right? Yeah. Um, somebody reach out and touch somebody that raised their hand and, and your best TV preacher voice yell, healed, to them, you know? <laughs> Let's see if that works. I don't think it will, but we can, we can try. Um, here's what happens for so many of us. We, we have this inability to shut down. We don't shut out. For an awful lot of people, the default is, well, there's nothing going on right now. I'm not thinking of anything meaningful. There's nothing really, I'm not making a difference in the world at the moment. I've got nothing to do. So what do you do? You take this out and you start scrolling through. And you're wasting time looking at whatever. That is the default for many of us. And what happens is our minds are not shutting down. We're constantly distracted. We, we don't work for long stretches of time with great periods of, of productivity because something pings or it beeps or it buzzes and it breaks our concentration and we get sidetracked. And what happens is our RPMs are always revving at a pretty high rate and our minds are always running and they never shut down and they never shut off and we're constantly checking and looking and we're overwhelmed and we don't know why. And we're short with our kids and we don't know why. And our faith is suffering and we're spiritually exhausted and we don't know why. And we're longing for something more and yet we keep going back to the same thing and we are not finding it here. But we keep going back. And and most of us in our culture today, we would acknowledge that our bodies need rest. We would acknowledge that. I would argue that our souls need rest. Our souls need to be disconnected from these dings and these pings and ringtones and buzzes and, and it's just, it's, 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 it never seems to stop. You know, we need rest from that long enough to find peace and to find some solitude and, and the presence of God who created us to know him and to spend time with him and, and to be comforted and, and, and strengthened by him and being in his presence and this ongoing thriving relationship representing his love to a world that needs us to do that, and yet we are so connected and we're so overwhelmed and it's just constant, constant going. So please hear me. I I love technology, but I don't want to be mastered by anything. Christ in me should be bigger than any addiction in me. Christ in you should be bigger than any addiction in you. And we we don't want to be mastered by anything. So if you find yourself constantly connected, constantly with this, this low-grade frustration at where you are, thinking to yourself, you know, there's got to be something more. There's just, there's got to be something more. I'm going to argue that God has a special rest for you in Christ this morning. And it is available to your soul, and it is available now. In Hebrews chapter 4, I love the way the, living, the New Living Translation says this. It says, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Some of you need to understand that there's a special rest away from everything that sucks you in and draws you in. There is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So having said that, what does the writer of Hebrews want us to do? Verse 11, so let us do our best to enter 
that rest. Now, I would ask the question, why do you suppose we don't often find this rest? What is it that gets in the way? St. Augustine said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds its rest in you. I think this captures exactly where some of us are. Your soul has been restless for so long. You're looking for something that brings satisfaction. You look for something that brings meaning. You look for something that brings meaning to your relationships, your relationships at work. You're looking for something to fill this void inside. That's something that makes you feel significant in some way. And you you have this uh, inside you, this Christ-shaped void that you're trying to put a bunch of other things in that hole and nothing else quite matches up and nothing else really fits. Our soul is restless until it finds its rest in him. Matthew 11 says, come to me, I love this verse, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. That might be one of the greatest invitations you ever get. What a promise. And and can I just say that if you come to Christ and you are not finding rest, if you come to Christ and you find yourself more revved up, if you come to Christ and you find yourself still longing for something, then you're doing it wrong. if If you're not finding rest in him, if you're worked up, if you're anxious, if, if, if spending time with Jesus leaves you feeling like your, your motor's revving, not in a good way, but in a, in a way that you know it's just not quite right, then you're doing it wrong. I love that Jesus, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and, 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 and burdened, and you will find rest for your souls. I just think that's a beautiful invitation from the Savior. There is a special rest for us through Jesus. Now, this is the end of a five-part series, and, and this is, you know, what I'm going to do next is really the application part for the entire series. This is kind of where the rubber meets the road. Um, and this is kind of where you decide that you're going to do what God's kind of calling you to do and wants you to do, uh, or you're just going to decide, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going to make any changes. I'm not going to make any, do anything differently whatsoever. I'm just going to keep doing it the same way. Here's the question, how do we find rest in God? I want to give you two thoughts that are very practical. They might even be life-changing for you. The very first one is really simple. Be still. I want to encourage you to learn the discipline of being still. Learn to be still. Learn to be disconnected and still in the presence of God. Psalm 46, David says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and focus on God and who he is. Have you ever been around a, a young kid that has so much energy, they, they don't stop? You know, they're like the Energizer Bunny. They're making noise. They're moving. You're kind of worried about things getting knocked over. You ever been around, a, you ever had a kid like that or been around a kid like, are any of you married to a big kid like that? Like you just want to look at him and say, would you just sit down? You're driving me crazy. Um, you know, sometimes you just want to yell at him and tell him to sit down in the name of Jesus and love and just be still. You know, sometimes you have to do that with your soul. You just have to say, chill, cool it, just calm down. Be at rest for a a few minutes. That's kind of what David said in in Psalm 131. He said, but I have 
stilled and quieted my soul. I want you to notice that he did it. It didn't happen by accident. You know, he didn't wake up one day and get five text messages and three Facebook notifications and a couple of direct messages on Twitter and, and suddenly his, you know, he said, oh, I'm so still. That's not how it happened. No, he stilled and quieted his soul. He did it. He fought his way into a state of solitude. Psalm 131, but I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. As you leave here today, this is the challenge. Uh, I want to throw this out to you, and I want to I ask you to seriously consider doing this. The challenge is that for the next week, I want you to take a period of time every day in the next week, a five-minute period of time, and I just want you to be completely still. And I want you to, to just be still and, and present before God. There are 288 blocks of five-minute blocks of time in a day. I want you to take one of those 288 blocks and I just want you to sit and be still and do nothing before God. It will be one of the most difficult things that you ever try to do. Your phone is going to beep. You're going to wonder, you know, what happened? What am I missing? Who posted a picture of their coffee with the little swirly thing on top? You know, what am I missing? Who posted a cat video? Five minutes, completely still. Who's willing to do that over the next week? Five minutes completely still. I was amazed in the first service how many were willing to do that. I would be very interested in getting your feedback at the end of the seven days, how well you did, and what was hard about it. I think it's going to be one of the hardest things that we do. I'm going to, I've tried to practice this for the last two or three days. I'm going to try to do this for the next week. Just, just it's, I mean, even in quiet time, you know, even when I'm doing Bible study or I'm praying or whatever, I'm moving and I'm you know, I'm, I'm distracted. I'm talking about five minutes, you don't, you're just still. That's going to be hard. Um, I think it'll be one of the most difficult things we do all week. Your mind is going to race. You know, I got to cook dinner. I got to check on the kids. Oh, I forgot to call mom. I didn't answer that email. You know, I don't, you're going to think to yourself, I don't have time for this. And you're going to, something's going to hit you that you forgot. And you're going to be tempted to reach for the notebook and write it down or get your phone and make a note. no. Five minutes, completely still. God says, be still and know that I am God. Still your soul. Have the discipline not to be mastered all the time and to go by default to just this, where you're looking and you're distracted. And You, you know, what happens is we're not happy unless we're looking at what's going on in somebody else's mind, which is really what social media is. Social media is... You know, I've even seen before on social media where it said the, the, the invitation to write is what's on your mind. And so instead of us being still and focusing on what's going on within us, we're on here looking at what everybody else is thinking. Can I be honest with you? A bunch of us need to stop watching the news because we're freaking out. A bunch of us need to get off social media because we're so worried about what everybody else is saying and it's scaring us to death. Just quit it for crying out loud. Some of us need to just stop and contemplate the goodness of God and simply be still and know that he is God. Be still. Be still. 
and you start thinking to yourself, God, can you run the universe for five minutes without me? Can, can you be trusted to do that? I mean, God, I need to be involved. I'm, I, you know, No, God, I'm just going to chill. I'm going to focus on you and your presence. I'm going to sit in this moment and just know that you've got all this, that I don't, I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to be still and thank you for who you are, the gift of solitude, solace, peace. Some of you need this so bad it's not even funny. Five minutes. Five minutes, be still and know who he is. Be still and enjoy the beauty of a moment with a God who created you to know him and to know others. Be still and know God. Second thing I'm going to encourage you to do, first we're going to be still and listen to him. And then I want you to ask, um, and, and, you know, this might be tough for you. This might be a problem for you. But I want you to make a plan. I want you to make a plan. Proverbs 13 in the Living Bible, it says, A wise man thinks ahead, a fool doesn't, and even brags about it. Do you know who the second part of that verse is talking about? second part of that verse is referring to the people who are hearing all this that I'm saying and going, he's being ridiculous. This is so stupid. This is, you know, this isn't any big deal. I don't need to hear this. It's okay. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't need to disconnect. I don't need to, you know, listen, this is killing some of your relationships. This could very likely cost one of you your job. This is destroying your relationship with God sometimes and you don't even know it. This could be killing your marriage. I talk to couples from time to time and one of the things I hear is that they won't put that down. I mean, I feel like I'm competing with that all the time. They're on that all the time. And I'll look at them and say, you know, are they right? Are they telling the truth? Is, is, is this a problem for you? And, you know, you can, you can almost see the panic and the fear. And, and where, where you're, you know, you're trying to say, and I'm trying to say to them, they're trying to tell you that this is one of the issues that, that's going on between you. Do you understand that? And they almost have this deer-in-the-headlights kind of look. Um, it, it, it's kind of scary. Make a plan. If this is a problem, make a plan. Acknowledge it. Call it what it is. Say, yeah, I, I've got a problem. Now, every good team has an offense, an offensive plan and a defensive plan. We, you know, we don't want to be mastered by anything. The power of Christ in us, we want it to be greater than any addiction or draw in us. So on the defensive side, it might mean that you pray about this and think about it. And if you're married, maybe you need to talk to your spouse about this. Like, you know, what could we do to kind of take control of this in our life? And I'm not asking you to, you know, I know look, I know we use our phones. I know that, 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 I'm not saying that you should never, ever look at it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that probably all of us could stand to look at it a little bit less. All of us could stand to do a little bit less. So your defensive plan might be no phones during the meal, right? Like you just put them down on, face down on the couch so, and you put them on vibrate so even if they vibrate you can't hear them. And you go have your dinner and then after dinner's over you can go look at your phone. 
Maybe you put a time limit on yours, like X amount of minutes or or hours a day. Like, I'm not going to be on my phone more than an hour and a half today. Some of you hear an hour and a half and you're like, an hour and a half? Start someplace for you that would be work, that would be a challenge. You know, how... What number would be a good number for you to say, you know what, I'm just going to limit, I'm not going to be on it any more than this. And you just kind of set that number. I always thought it would be fun to try this challenge. I'm going to throw this out to you. I don't know if you'll want to do this or not. Let's call this the social media challenge. The social media challenge. Here it is. I will not be on my phone in any given day. I will not be on my phone or on the computer, on social media in any given day more then I have prayed and read my Bible. You ever heard about the parents who make their kids earn TV time by reading books? The more books they read, the more TV time they get or more PlayStation time or whatever. What if we had to earn our social media time through prayer and Bible study? I, don't, you, I doubt seriously anybody will take that challenge. But I'm going to throw it out there, the social media challenge. It'd be interesting to get your feedback on it. Let me ask you this. How would that work out for you? Would that go good for you? I can tell you right now, that would not look good for a whole lot of people, right? You might have a bedtime for your phone. Like you might say at 10 o'clock, my phone goes to sleep. I'm done. I'm not looking at it. I'm not talking through it. I'm not touching it after a certain, you know, like maybe 10 o'clock. Whatever you decide, it's your rule. You do it your way. I'm just saying, you gotta, you got to kind of have some defensive stuff that you're doing. Maybe you say, I, I'm, I'm just not going to use this and be mastered by this anymore. Some of you, your defense might be to turn off all social media notifications. You can just go into your settings, slide that thing over in the notification section where you're not, it's not going off all the time, so you don't feel tempted to look when, every time it makes a noise. For you, it might be a social media vacation. Here's what blows my mind, is that you go on vacation and spend all your time on social media. That's not smart for a couple reasons, one of which is you're telling everybody you're on vacation. That's not ever good. But you go on vacation for five or six days and you spend so much time looking at social media, thinking about, I mean, you got an ocean in front of you or a forest or you're camping or you're kayaking or whatever it is that you're doing. And you're, you're looking at what everybody else is doing. I mean, everybody else wants to be where you are, and you're looking at what they're doing back home. Don't do that. Take a vacation from social media. Now, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to throw this out. You're, you're getting defensive. You know, you're, you're mumbling things like, this is so stupid. You know, who would do that? That's crazy. If that's what you're mumbling right now, I know you have a problem. If, that's the, if, if the whole time I've been talking, you've been defensive, like, I don't need to hear this. This is stupid. I can't. When's he going to be done? You know, I've got, I've got things to post online. When's he going to be? <laughs> then I'm going to guess you probably have a problem with what we're talking about this morning, and I'm also going to guess that your relationship with Jesus is not probably where it should be. If you're pushing back on this, chances are good you and Jesus need to have a talk about some of this stuff. We also got to have an offensive plan. If my phone is going to be used for anything in my life, I want it to be used for the good stuff, right? I want, to, I want to use it in a good way, not a bad way. Instead of looking at everything that everybody else has to say, what is the highest and most noble use of my device? 
There's something called YouVersion Bible app. I would encourage you, if you don't have it, put it on your phone. I turn my phone on and open it up. It is right in the middle of the first page. I can have my Bible open. I do this mostly in the morning when I'm, when I'm uh, eating my oatmeal. I'll usually open it up and read it a little bit. If I'm maybe waiting on Didi in the car or if I'm, you know, got a, I'm in an appointment, I'm waiting on somebody, I might just open that up and read a little bit. It's a very convenient way. Here's what's really cool with the YouVersion Bible. It's free, first of all. Some good, some not personal friends of ours, but some people that we like a lot out in Oklahoma City developed this app. It's, it's awesome. YouVersion Bible. And when you download it, you can go in and there's a setting where you can have it read it to you. Okay? That's pretty cool. And the thing's free. It's through the Bible that you feed your soul. It's when you get into the Word that you... You renew your mind. For some of you, this, this five minutes of quiet that I talked about earlier, that might be the offense thing for you. You might say, you know, that's where I'm going to go on offense on this deal. I'm going to start doing that five minutes of just nothing. Some of you, it, it, it's, it's a consistent prayer time where you just, you, you are bathed in the presence of God and you just let, you just kind of try to dwell and abide in him and try and get rid of all the noise and nonsense around you that might be the 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 offensive position that you take where you're just focused on prayer and and intentionally seeking god and you walk with him in a daily attitude of prayer some of you might need to be working on a, a more worshipful spirit you know where we aren't just coming to church on sunday morning and that's the only worship you experience all week but that you, on purpose, actively seek times in your day where you worship, where you stop and you praise the name of God and you maybe read your Bible or listen to some music and, and, and just kind of recenter and refocus and, and say to God, God, I, I just, for these next few minutes, I just want this time to be about you and nothing else. It's an offensive plan toward getting closer to God. Some of you might just need to get outside more. And, and see nature and see a sunset. And here's the, here's the challenge. When you see the sunset, don't grab your phone and take a picture and post it on social media. Just enjoy the sunset without having to post it to somehow further your ego to see how many likes you got. And everybody goes, oh, you saw such a beautiful sunset. No, just look at the sunset and go, man, God, you're amazing. How... <laughs> How fortunate am I that I have lived, that I got to see that today. I got a good friend that, you know, before he goes to work in the morning, he said, usually when I walk to my truck, the sun's coming up, and he said, I can look over in the eastern hill, and I can see it. And he said, I'm getting in the habit of just standing there and and admiring that sunrise, just just to see that happen every morning. He said, it's just been becoming one of the best parts of my day, where I just, it's a kind of a worship thing. Make a plan, defense and offense. Get serious about it. This is where we decide, I need to do something about some of this stuff. Some of you are so mastered. I, at times, can be so mastered by this thing, it's not even funny. And you just, there's times where you got to kind of take control and say, I, I, I'm, you know, it's not going to be like that. Don't be mastered by anything. So, to wrap up the series, week number one, we talked about how we, you know, contentment and how the more we compare, the less discontent we are. Week two, we talked about intimacy and we talked about the fear of missing out. And in our fear of missing out, we're, 
we're not as we don't our, our relationships aren't as intimate as we might like them to be because we're we're, we're so distracted and we don't want to miss anything week three we talked about authenticity and we said that the more filtered our lives become because that's what we do when we post on on social media is we want to make ourselves look good and so we filter we only put the good stuff out there we don't want anybody to know that we struggle with anything or that we've had a bad day or that things aren't going great for us and how are you doing oh great i'm great you know smiling all the time trust me i understand that but the more you filter your life the less authentic your relationships are going to be and we say this all the time. I, I, I've said this to you many times. When I'm talking about Cross Lane to visitors or people that say, you know, tell me about Cross Lane, my standard answer is, oh, Cross Lane's great because it's just full of broken people. <laughs> you know, everybody in our place is jacked up. Everybody's got something going on. Everybody's trying to overcome something. We're all real. Nobody's got it all figured out. That's what, that's what this is about. So see, when, when you look too, re, uh, too good, when you've got it so together that you don't look like you have any flaws, that's when I get really nervous. That's when I, I start to not trust you. I got to know you got something up, right? I got to know that something doesn't work right with you. Then I'm like, okay, well, he's, he's one of my people. So authenticity happens when we kind of let our guard down and we feel like we don't have to put the best version of us forward all the time. Last week we talked about compassion. We said the more pain we see, the less we care. And that True compassion demands action. You know, to say that you care but not to act is to not care at all. That, that they will know that we are, we are Jesus followers by our love, by the way we have compassion for one another and for people that need things. And then this week we talk about rest. How insulting is it that this has become the default mode for many of us? You were created for way more than that. Way more. And it's there, and it's waiting for you, but you got to put that down. Let's pray. Father, phones are everywhere. We're not going to get away from them. That's not the point. The point is it's way too easy in our world to be mastered by things and it's way easy to be mastered by these phones and if we're totally honest with you we would say yes there are times that it becomes a problem yes there are times that I I focus more on my phone than the people around me yes there are times that I care more about what other people think than what you think so God this is a this is an issue for a lot of us I pray that we would take seriously this invitation to develop an offensive and defensive plan i pray that you would help us to to kind of step into some of the challenges we talked about this morning it's going to be you're going to teach us a lot father the technology is wonderful and it comes from you you've enabled our minds to come up with all this stuff help us to handle all things responsibly help us to know how it can be used as a tool without overtaking our life help us to know when it's starting to affect our relationships with other people and with you lord you're awesome with our phones put down and our minds completely focused on you in this moment we just tell you that we love you and your love and your compassion your grace and mercy for us is overwhelming 
And in the stillness of this moment, it's really easy to be dialed into you. But we're going to walk through those doors, and the world is going to hit us in the face, and it's going to be 90 miles an hour. God, help us to stop and be still this week. It's in Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen.